Welcome to Tea with Culture. I'm Hin Mizena, and this episode is about the recently opened Ishara Art Foundation in Dubai in Al-Sarkal Avenue. Established by Smita Prabhakar, an entrepreneur and an art collector, and also a long-term Dubai resident, the foundation is focused on contemporary art from a South Asian context, supporting cultural exchange and building on the shared histories, continued presence, and cultural contribution of South Asian voices in the Gulf. I sat with the foundation's artistic director, Nada Raza, her previous role was research curator at the Tate Research Center, to talk about the role of the foundation and its first exhibition, Altered Inheritances, Home is a Foreign Place, featuring works by two artists, Shilpa Gupta and Zarina. I start by asking Nada to explain what is Ishara Foundation. The Ishara Art Foundation is the first space in the Gulf dedicated to contemporary art from South Asia. My name is Nada Raza. I am the artistic director of the foundation. We're a small team. Uh, the space was founded by Smita Prabhakar. She is a long-term Dubai resident of Indian origin, and she's been collecting and following uh, South Asian artists and uh, thought that as the art scene here is growing, that there is a need and an audience specifically for South Asian art. My background is that I am a curator um, from South Asia. Uh, I've been living abroad for a long time and working with artists from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and so on. And um, I used to live in Dubai, Hind, and my first show uh, that I ever curated of work by four Pakistani artists was here in 2005. A while ago. So, you know, I've been kind of aware that there is a space here. There's a wide community of South Asians here. It's very close to home. Uh, you can come and go. You can bring artists across. It's easy. So, um, you know, there's a kind of... Uh, you have connections a, kind and Kind of an obvious connection. Yeah. And, um, and it's a good meeting point. You know, it's a good hub, uh, as we all know and enjoy. Um, and, and with Ishara as a foundation, like how does it differentiate, you know, because there's so many galleries, right? Yeah. So we've got lots of galleries, uh, a few foundations are around. And then when Ishara Foundation started, I was curious, like Ishara Foundation versus Ishara Museum or Ishara Gallery. You know, can you tell me maybe what is the essence of I this think space? we wanted to make it really clear that we were a non-profit non space. I mean, that was really uh, in the naming. Um, so the word ishara means to signal or to point towards in many regional languages. That's right, it includes Arabic right? and exactly. Urdu, Farsi, Urdu, Urdu etc. So it's kind of inclusive in that way, but also shows our kind of regional focus, right? Um, and this is very much a space to come and learn, uh, a space where we hope, and, hope to build access, where people can come and see things that they haven't seen before or to learn more about artists that they already know. Um, and we wanted that to be uh, quite obvious, not just in, even in the name, but also in the look and feel of the space. So the moment you come in through the doors, there's a very welcoming lobby. It doesn't feel necessarily like a commercial space. True. You get information, there's somebody there to talk to you, and then you go into the exhibition space, which again has this very kind of quiet, formal feel to it. Um, where you can feel welcome to spend time with the works. There are benches in the spaces. So you can sit down, read, or take a closer look at things. Um, so we're very much uh, about making 
South Asian art accessible to a wider public. And the reasons for South Asian artists, obviously, you know, founder and um, and the relationship, and and perhaps as a foundation, so it's not for, for profit, so it's a completely different mandate. Yeah. And 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 it's. I think it's a really great addition because yes, maybe we are aware of art from South Asia, but maybe not a deep dive or a history or or thinking of in dialogue with other art art that has been shown here or that we know about to think about. And and I think your start the first exhibition is like a, an amazing I love the title, the theme behind it. So can we go into that? Sure. Before we go into that, I just want to say that we really thought about where to position ourselves because we are small, you know. Uh, so far, we're funded by one person, one very generous person, um, who is really committed um, to her community in Dubai, but also having a platform here because this is also a very international space. Uh, more and more, we've noticed that really important uh, museum directors, curators are passing through here. Um, and we decided to open in Al Sarkal uh, because we thought we wanted to be part of that wider community. Um, so if people want a sense of the scene, they can come here and they'll have a very different experience to what they might see in a commercial gallery, but that is still there and accessible. And for listeners who may not be aware, so Al Sarkal Avenue is a cluster of warehouses which houses galleries, cafes, etc. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a destination, basically. So you can come here and spend time yeah. in one so space. If you, if or you, in you haven't been spaces. here yet, please come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just to get into the first exhibition, as you asked, uh, this exhibition is in a way laying out our intent, which is to find ways to express what it means to be South Asian in the Gulf. It's very important to speak from that specific point of view. And the title? So Altered Inheritances, Home is a Foreign Place. Uh, both are terms that kind of speak, of course, to that condition, but are also coming from the titles of works that are in the exhibition that were also selected for that reason. So the exhibition is a conversation between two artists, uh, both happen to be women from South Asia, Zarina Hashmi, who's an artist who's uh, now in her 80s, uh, has been practicing as a printmaker and someone who works uh, a lot with paper for a long time. Uh, she is originally from Aligarh, which is a small university town in India, uh, but has lived for most of her life in New York. And She's in dialogue with uh, an artist from our generation, Shilpa Gupta, who's in her 40s, based out of Bombay, um, as a, and is a contemporary artist who is really um, intellectually engaged with uh, what it means, again, to be, uh, I guess, a responsible global citizen today. And... Both artists are represented in Mrs. Prabhakar's collection. So I arrived here uh, last October um, to help her set up the foundation, and I was looking at the key artists that we both agreed on, felt passionate about, and was trying to choose between Shilpa and Zarina, really, who, um, and Zarina especially is an artist that um, Smitha has collected in great depth. 
And in trying to choose between them and looking at the works in the collection, I discovered that actually there was this dialogue that was happening, not just across time and space thematically, but also in terms of their material approaches to art making. Um, and as a curator, I think I'm a bit of a formalist. I really care about the aesthetics. I really care about the exhibition experience. Um, as I said, I wanted our space to be very different from any other gallery. So the exhibition design is very deliberate for me. It's about taking you on a journey um, so you kind of have a starting and an ending point. Uh, information is being given to you at key times. There's a thematic and a poetics to the show but also what is next to what and those juxtapositions are formally very carefully considered, right? Um, so it's a kind of puzzle that comes together spatially. Yeah, I mean, I definitely experienced that and it was refreshing walking into a space where you can weave in and out versus just kind of one kind of like a white cube type of space where everything's just laid out on a wall. And, and, uh, and you even talked about, I think, because I came in and there was a tour and at the end of the tour we found out the layout is actually based on a, a blueprint of Zarina's house. Zarina's house. And that was quite mm -hmm. a great kind of little detail which made uh, an interesting, um, you know, it added depth to the exhibition experience. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so, you know, Zarina's experience to talk about the individual artists in the show, um, her life has really informed her work, but she's very restrained. So the work often operates on two registers. One is the formal register where she uses a visual language um, that comes from possibly from her time in Paris and Japan and the US um, looking at a lot of minimalist, modernist art, um, especially I think the Japanese influence in terms of the work being monochromatic, her use of ink, woodblock engraving, Japanese papers. There's, you know, it's a very um, studio-based way of working. Um, and depending on your background and uh, I guess language abilities and how much attention you pay to the poetics, you can then pick up more of that detail. So for instance, Home is a Foreign Place is a set of 36 woodcuts. Each of them has a word in Urdu on it. And the words range from things like Kushbu, which means fragrance, Asman, which is sky, um, the sun, the moon, the stars, the afternoon, times of day. You know, All of these different moods are expressed through those words. And the image that you see on the print is based on her own associations and memories. So it's not a literal illustration of a concept. It's a totally personal response to it. And it becomes then a kind of vocabulary of memory. Um, and because she spent so much of her life away from home, um, that experience of, of, of being a migrant, of loss, of figuring out where you belong, uh, she was in New York at a time when there were amazing kind of intellectuals gathering there that were also in exile, people like Saeed. Um, she often talks about Adrian Rich, Mahmoud Darvish. These are all people that she would have, you know, she would have circulated in the same milieu. Um, and I wanted to bring that world into the show. So you'll notice that um, in every section, and there are five sections in the show, it starts with a fragment of a poem. 
which relates to the thematic of that space. Um, and, you know, I think art, poetry, literature, these are the ways that we have of kind of expressing our sense of hope or despair, depending on what it is that we're facing. And I wanted to bring those things together in this exhibition. Um, and again, keeping that South Asian context in mind. So the, the poets are also chosen quite deliberately. Yeah, and I definitely felt it. I mean, there is, there's, there's the, the works are intimate, they're personal, they're delicate, but they're quite meaningful and deep. And, you know, the longer you think about it, or the longer you spend time with it. And I just think it's such a great start to Shara. Like, a, it, you, you know, you've made the statement of what this place is what we are going to expect from this space. Yeah, and, and slightly intimidating, but thank you. <laughs> the, the, the responsibility <laughs> and, and the burden on your shoulders. No, I'm sure, I mean, you come from, as you said, you're a curator. You were based in London before moving to Dubai, but you've been, you so lived in Dubai a long time. I lived in ago. Dubai. Uh, this is where I started curating. Mm, okay. So, so uh, I have many people in Dubai to thank. It's almost like a weird full circle at some point in this well, phase yes, of your life. It is, it is kind of one of the many circles. Um, but I have to thank Sunny Rabar and Claudia Salini. Um, they were friends of mine in Dubai. Um, I was really excited when they decided to open Third Line. I was really honored when they asked me to curate the first show so that was at the lobby of the Shangri-La Hotel with one of the artists in the show was Khadim Ali who is now one of the main kind of focuses at the Sharjah Art Biennial so yes, it's been true. you know yeah. so, so he also kind of showed up in Dubai right when I was moving back which was really nice um, but I think Dubai for me is very much uh, home away from home you know I I the, the things that I'm saying in this exhibition resonate for me personally. So it's a reflection um, of your personal memories and exactly. your life as well. Exactly. And I think uh, I wanted it to operate on a psychological and emotional register because I think so often in the contemporary art world you have art that's trying to tell you something, you know. Uh, and there's always this heavy kind of political meaning or issue-based stuff and it has to be really worthy and I have nothing against any of that but I think um, in this case I wanted it to be a bit more visceral a bit more heartfelt <laughs> it really kind of came out from the heart because I think that experience of not being able to go home is not just about political strife and of course it's become in our in our lifetimes in the 20th century being dislocated was something that we saw in films and literature in the 21st century it's happened to so many people that you know you know um, and we're now looking at not just regional war but also climate change etc etc but there's a very basic thing also of often the house that you grew up in it no longer exists or you no longer live in that country or for whatever reason you can't go back to it and we can all relate to that you know um, and nostalgia I think is something we all struggle with because we've been told it's kitschy and unfashionable <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know I'm a very nostalgic person 
and I, I want to yeah, own I up to I'm that. I like, know, what's wrong with being nostalgic? <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and it's not that this show is nostalgic. No, you know, so much of the language in Shilpa's work and in Zarina's work is spare and minimal that I think it doesn't slide into that. But there's definitely emotion in it. And um, Zarina is, has not been well recently, so with her work I had this additional responsibility mm. of staying true to the artist's intentions. But it was amazing for me to work with Shilpa Gupta, who was amazingly generous in allowing me to kind of playfully create these juxtapositions, to dig deep into her practice, to really cherry-pick the works I wanted to show. I was lucky that Altered Inheritance, which is a very substantial work by Shilpa, was already in the collection. So that's the opening statement. So you already statement. had, you know, an access. And it's uh, a work where... So she really kind of studies and traces things and spends time with these projects that grow out of an, a practice of collecting and archiving stories. And um, she'd done a work where she'd worked with a uh, hundred authors who'd used pseudonyms. And so this kind of pattern of a hundred is something that follows. Uh, Altered Inheritance is a hundred last name stories where people have changed their last names. And the stories range from people who have experienced war or the Holocaust or are getting away from caste uh, discrimination in India to people who simply wanted to transform their lives. Quite whimsical, playful, positive stories. Uh, you know, Whoopi Goldberg or David Bowie, for instance, right? But that act of erasing your past and what it means, uh, again, you know, because Dubai is a place so many people come to to make their lives afresh, um, I thought kind of captured that spirit. Uh, and it's been great to see because people do really respond to that piece. Um, similarly, since Zarina's work is about uh, geographic displacement, um, it made sense to juxtapose that with works that Shilpa has done, looking at the issue of the line of the border itself. Uh, and again, it's not... You know, it's not a documentary practice. What she's trying to do in, in these series of works, some of them are textiles where um, the, the line is an embroidered line. Um, some are works which are paper on string. There is one piece in the show which is an entire sari that's been unraveled into a ball of string. And the length of that string or that line corresponds then to a ratio of the border. And what this exercise that she's been doing is is trying to do is to make it obvious to viewers how absurd that mathematics is, you know. Um, because mapping and cartography, of course, are very useful, but I think in our lifetime, the nation state has become this entity that we all have to grapple with. Um, and in South Asia in particular, uh, you know, post the partition in 1947, creation of Bangladesh in 1971, our experience of lines has not been pleasant. They have really sometimes divided families, divided villages, um, and we still can't cross and we often still can't see each other. And that's a subtext to the show. I mean, everything you're saying, it resonates like with, I think, lots of people, whether they just... Uh... I think, I think these, you know, where separation, whether it's because of border markation or separation for, you know, reasons when people, you know, families separated because they're be, pursuing, you know, to yeah. earn money, to send exactly. back Exactly, you could be an expat living here 
or you could be someone who used to live here and has gone back to India and can't come back and this could be the place that you grew up in so yeah. you know and, it, and it's mm-hmm. and i think it's it's a very mm-hmm. common theme we hear of a lot and and i was and as you were saying all of this i was thinking kind of the context of showcasing work by south asian artists with these themes which like i said i think resonates would resonate with anyone anywhere and what would what is the experience of thinking about artists and you know um and taking the responsibility of showing their work and thinking about what they mean and to an audience in the UAE, say, versus in, you know, like if you did it at the Tate in London, for example, because that was where you were before, you know, and, and, and I, I always wonder and think about audience reaction and what does it mean and what, what is the meaning of a work and where it's shown? Like, I always wonder about that. I think uh, the key word here would be conversation. You know, it is really whether the work is being shown here or at the Tate, what new conversations, what new dialogues is it opening up, right? It's not enough to just stick it up on a wall because it could just then be in somebody's home or in the artist's studio. It's about getting it out there. I learned a lot from working at a large museum, but it also meant that I was not necessarily always in direct contact with the audience because as a curator you're out in the field doing the research you're bringing all this stuff back uh, to the institution Um, the work comes into a collection and then it's out of your hands yeah so there's a disconnect (laughs) at some point right yeah and you and then you don't see it again till it's going on display and often you will work on that display and make sure that it gets on the walls and gets shown and and it was great to do that um, for instance, we acquired a work by Amar Kanbar called The Lightning Testimonies, and I was able to convince the Tate and Amar to let us show it in the tanks okay. in a way that it had never been shown before. But, you know, it was shown over the Christmas slot, which is not that busy a time, and it didn't show for a very long time because you're competing with so many other works for space. Um, and we did it, and it worked, and, and it was a... You know, I think even the institution was surprised by how strong and wonderful that piece and was. Can we maybe just explain to listeners who don't know uh, the tanks in the Tate uh, Modern? Like, it's a space. In the it's a really or... large, like, concrete space. It used to be the oil tanks of the museum. Um, but the reason I'm giving this example is to say that you can have the best intentions. It doesn't mean that the magic will happen, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's about. I mean, it. You know, and I think. It was much more meaningful to me when we had Saira and Sari do what was the first event in our space during Ramadan on a Wednesday evening. And we asked Saira, who's a Dubai-based, uh, or Sharjah-based, actually, writer, to, um, to come and do a tour of the exhibition. And uh, we didn't know what kind of audience to expect. We thought, okay, 15, 20 people might show up. We had over 60 people here, you know. That, to me, was much more meaningful (laughs) Mm. uh, than thousands of people just walking past a work of art because you're actually making a difference somehow, opening things up, showing something new to an audience that hasn't seen that stuff before. Um, And I think smaller spaces, uh, more intimate spaces, can be more responsive to what's going on, right? And can really um, tailor their programs based on who is actually coming in through the door. And we're still learning. I mean, we're, as you know, two months old. So we're still learning who that is and trying to figure out who it should be. Um, And I think to answer your question properly, 
I think the difference actually is that personal engagement with the audience and the opportunity for the curator to have the conversations with the people walking in through the door. That's true. I mean, because a small space could, if they do the work right, if it really hits the mark, you know, it could make present work that could really touch you know, the visitor from an emotional level, intellectual level, etc. Or it could be really cold, right? So we have these, you know, white cube spaces where you walk in, but you leave feeling nothing, right? It's just, you didn't engage, you didn't connect with anything. And it all comes down to, yeah, curatorial uh, thinking, actual work, and, and how you present it to people. So I think that's where, you know, for me at least, spaces succeed or don't succeed regardless of size, but how much they actually, it shows there is this commitment to create this dialogue or or introducing people to something they're not familiar with or thinking about works in a different way right so it's so I mean I'm really excited about what else comes out of Ishara I mean in in terms of you've just like you said you're just a couple of months old you already have this exhibition which is on I think for a while right it's on till it's on until the 13th of July okay so yeah. basically all summer so if anyone here in Dubai or the UAE is here all summer, definitely make your way here. It's definitely worth time where you spend. And it's one of those spaces, as you said, you can walk around, you can sit, you know, and, and look at work, read about it. Or ask for me. Or if, ask if, for Nada. She's in, in I'm here. very happy to talk to visitors about the show. And, but have you also thought about, again, back to this representation of South Asian artists in, in a city which has a huge South Asian population? And, you know, that covers all, you know, classes and, and backgrounds. And in terms of, you know, creating an art space where you create maybe you're, maybe sometimes you're preaching to the converted. So you have an audience who already know this, who are already aware of art, etc. Uh, is Ashara going to look or play a role educational? So be it students or be it even a community, you know, kind of blue collar workers, for example. Is this a space, I know, I mean, I'm not putting you on the spot, but I've, I've been wondering when this space opened, like, what does it mean when they say this is a space focusing on South Asian artists, yeah. and how does it engage? You know, obviously, um, I don't want to make very tall claims, simply because I am re-engaging with course. Dubai. Yeah. I mean, Smitha, of course, knows the terrain very well, and I think we are both um, right in probably being cautious because not every show will appeal to every audience. Of course, yeah. You know, um, and we opened... We, it was important for me to get the space open because in order to be a host, you have to have a home, you know. Uh, and I think once our programming uh, develops, each exhibition will bring in its own audience. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, because of our size, we... Um, both want to be and I think will benefit from being quite collaborative. And so um, for the next exhibition, um, I'm hoping that the content will appeal to a wider, wider South Asian community. Uh, one of the things I've noticed, even from people that work in Smitha's office, uh, or people that have come to work for us, is because most of them are South Asian, um, is that they don't understand that galleries and museums are free spaces where you can just walk in and hang out and you don't have to pay anything. Um, you know, this yes, is the kind yes, of yes, mindset. Yes, yes. So yes. it's it, it, it's it's going to be a slow process converting mm -hmm. people to come and just spend time and just look. 
Um, but the next exhibition is really thinking about um, South Asian contemporary photography and specifically the representation of the South Asian body in architectural space in relation to the city. Um, so this exhibition, I feel, because the work is so kind of art with a capital A, you know, um, it is, I think, more accessible to an audience that's kind of familiar with the tropes of contemporary art or even modern art. Whereas I think, um, or I hope, that with an exhibition that's more photographic, there's more kind of recognition, right? That's true, maybe a mm -hmm. bit more, because it's... The visuals are because I don't more, want to patronize uh, anyone. No, of course, you know? of course. And, not. and so, yeah, how do you do all of that the, stuff without being patronized yeah, and, and be accessible <laughs> without being patronizing. exactly? So, yeah. um, and and again, coming from an institution mm. um, and from an art world where I'm a little, let's say, um, uh, circumspect when it comes to social engagement for the sake of it, sure. right? Because, of course, it's incredibly important to do. That's why we exist. That's why we do what we do. But I think you have to, instead of ticking boxes, really think about each activity and, and how these things are adding up. Um, and build an audience that's kind of a loyal audience, but each time go beyond it a little bit. So this first exhibition has been figuring out the kind of core audience. Uh, and of course, there are seasons here which are busy and seasons here which are slow. We're also building a team, getting the right people in. They bring their communities along with them. Um, but what I would like to see happen here is more young people. Mm. So not children specifically or blue-collar workers specifically, but the South Asian kids that are growing up here who can come here and get a slice into the kind of work that's happening uh, back in South Asia or in the diaspora. Many of these artists live abroad. People who are thinking about working in the arts, right? Because I curated my first show here and 15 year, years later, I've come back. Yeah, um, yeah. And often what happens here is a kind of unidentified brain drain where you have all these kids who are growing up here who may then go and work elsewhere. And I would like them to feel like there's some sense of ownership um, or stake that we now have in the wider art world in Dubai so that they can aspire to participate in the cultural field. Yeah, or influence them or you know, inspire exactly. them. You know, for them, who knows, you know, future <laughs> artist or curator, curator or writer. Or, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the thing about this, what people still where you still hear people saying, oh, is it free to go? Is it, is it open? And it's, it's weird to hear that because after all this time where, you know, because I remember when, when, this, when I, on my blog, when I would put an exhibition, I would always say free entry, which I think to anyone else will go, well, it's a gallery, why would you pay? But he, there was this perception that you have to pay to go in. And now, and so still where you need to emphasize that these are all free spaces. I think there is something intimidating to a lot of people when you say, you know, art gallery or art foundation, you know, it's like, and it becomes like, oh, is this space for me? Do I belong there? And I don't know how to behave if I want to ask questions. And it's, it's but, you a, know, an ongoing you, challenge, you can I think, do, to break those You can those change that one person at, at a time, time, and then they will tell people. Okay. I mean, social media, of course, is a huge tool mm. which has opened okay. up so everything. you think it helps? Uh, of course it helps. Uh, it helps create a buzz, certainly. You're obviously reaching a much wider... Um, because so much of it also operates visually, it's great for us. But you know, you can you can bus in mm. 
school kids. Yes. But unless you can find a way for them to actually kind of connect, trigger, the, yes. that will be just another activity, mm. right? Um, I'm not, you know, and of course, those workshops are important to do because it's giving them a kind of broader education. Um, but we have to think about what it is that Ishara can do, mm. where um, in, you know, it may, in this exhibition, for instance, you may come in and you're not interested in the art at all, but you might read the poetry, mm. um, and that might appeal to you, mm. or you might see how the video is shown on the floor, mm. or you might listen to the sound piece, mm. um, and that may make you think, actually, I have a story that I want to tell. Mm. So, you know, I think we, we want to be kind of multidimensional in that way, um, and keep making exhibitions that are experiential, um, so that people can come in here and leave the world outside behind for the hour or half an hour that they're with us. Which again, you, uh, sitting here and now it's my second time and that's it. I think yeah, you do feel that, like, like I said, because you've created this space where you can weave in and out. You're not just in this kind of one hollow space <laughs> looking at work just laid out on a wall. Thank and you. Uh, so it's definitely a great way to uh, you know, spend time in a space like this. And because Dubai doesn't have museums... Uh, that show contemporary art. I think we rely on galleries to play that role, and some spaces, you know, do a good job out of it. Some don't. Like I said, where there'll be spaces where I walk in and just really don't connect, and and other places, I do. And it really depends on on the work. And I think a foundation maybe adds this kind of. I'm not saying it's an alternative to our museums, but it is a space to be considered. Uh, where, yeah, you can come and spend time and not feel like you have to, there's an agenda, you have to buy something or you have to, you know, leave in 10 minutes if you're not, uh, you know, like speaking to someone or, 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 or et cetera. So I like your point about saying reaching out to a, a young audience and not children. And, and I mean, of course, we want to introduce young kids, you know, like preteens to art. But yeah, where to the, the teens and the young adults and how to engage with them, um, from a perspective where, yeah, come and wait. a lot of people talk about, oh, there's not enough culture and art, and I go, no, there is, you just don't, spend, you, you know, you're not aware, you know, read the listing, or I try to share information about things happening on my social media or the blog, and it's back down to people always waiting for information to come to them, mm -hmm. and I think maybe that's why a lot of spaces rely on social media, because they just think everything will be picked up on social media, but I don't know, how effective do you find that? <laughs> well, I'm new, and I think, I mean, I guess our Jamil is, is you know, really focusing on that um, by having specific programs um, for young people. Um, for us, the word of mouth has worked well okay. so far, uh, also being located within Al Sarkal Avenue and aligning our programming with theirs. Um, we are a kind of partner organization for them because we're a not-for-profit, um, has really helped us. But I think, you know, again, being a not-for-profit means that we don't necessarily have huge marketing budgets or advertising budgets. We have to rely... Mm -hmm on the quality of the programming and our own ability for outreach to do that. It's very much a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think, uh, as I said, um, it's about getting that one kid in the door who then puts it on his or her Instagram account. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that has been happening. We've been getting picked up in other people's stories a lot. Okay. 
which I'm really happy about. Thank you, anyone who's listening who has been one of those people. Um, and I think, you know, um, as a Dubai resident, I hear you in terms of cultural programming. When I lived here 15 years ago, it was such a small community oh, yeah. of people that everybody went to everything. That's right. I know. Right? At the time, it was like, we're all just going just because, you know, you show up. And now and, it's, it is kind yeah. of the same. I feel like between uh, the, the people who work at Sharjah and the people who work at Dubai and maybe a few spaces in Abu Dhabi, we, we, we all know each other, mm. so we go to each other's events. But, you know, I kind of feel that too much is, is fine. I mean, I think... You know, if you were in any other city in the world, um, you're not going to be able to keep up with everything that's happening either. True. And even in London, it's not like there's a listing for South Asian events, for instance, where I would know exactly where to go, right? Um, I think uh, blogs like yours um, are really what people like us rely on. You kind of rely on the experts to tell you. Um, but I also think there's no... Um, there's no kind of replacement for that moment where you walk into a space just because you're passing by and you discover or see something. You know, that's how I got involved in the art world. Uh, I lived in New York as a 19-year-old and I was working in Soho and the galleries were still there. And every evening on my way home from work, I would pop into a different one. I didn't follow any listings. I would just go. Whatever you uh, stumbled You know, upon. exactly. And I saw some of the most amazing things I've ever seen. That's what made me decide I wanted to work with contemporary art. You know, it did kind of transform my life. It wasn't like somebody told me, go here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, it's about having that intellectual curiosity and I feel like the people who have that will find us, you know. Uh, when I lived in Dubai, there were a lot of things that I did that other people didn't necessarily do. Um, and there was a small group of us kind of ragtag sculptors and artists and trying to be artists that got together and had really interesting conversations. Um, and that's what I like about living here, is that, you know, you are still doing things for the first time. You still have that sense of... Um, being a, a sort of not, I mean, I can't say pioneer because other people have come before me and I've returned to a very uh, well-established, thriving art scene. But I think we should appreciate that what has happened in the UAE in the last decade is quite extraordinary. You know, um, a, a few people um, in Sharjah and Dubai and Abu Dhabi have worked very hard to make that happen. And I think we should actually appreciate that while it's small, and yes, we have to work harder to get uh, audience numbers, actually, um, anyone who comes in from anywhere in the world walks in and says, wow, we didn't know it was so good. No, <laughs> we should be proud of that. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. totally, because, mm -hmm. again, there's a lot of time where mm -hmm. a city like Dubai gets, to you know, talked down, uh, you know, about, uh, oh, it doesn't have culture, it doesn't have art, and, I mean, what... And I'm like, no, there is. And it's not just the last 10 years. It's the last 15. It's the last 20. It's the last 30 years. You know, yeah. if you want to dig deeper. Of course. There's no, of always, course it was there. Yeah, but yeah, what no. I mean is there's been very rapid transformation. Uh, no, of course. Yeah. And, and what I think I always, uh, what makes me kind of laugh and maybe roll my eyes sometimes yeah. is when it's, it's during art season. So March becomes kind of the big month. March where, and now November. In, uh, <laughs> you know, November with design, I guess, and, and whatever else gets latched onto it. Where the focus becomes, so even from international press, 
and, and these fly-in kind of journalists who come in and, and see this place and they always talk about it as if it's just kind of like house in yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it's quite frustrating to read. When I lived here, I used to take painting classes at the, uh, the Dubai International Art, Art Center. Center. Yes, I mean, that's you know? kind of like the... <laughs> um, and there was a Pakistani places. lady and she passed away, sadly, before I moved back that used to teach painting mm-hmm. um, and I used to go and kind of mess around with paint with her. And yeah, there were, I mean, there not just that, but I guess Majlis Gallery. Of course, Green. yes. Of course, they have been here. Yeah. I suppose I, I meant more specifically about contemporary art. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't a comment yeah. about what you said. Yeah. It was just a, no, no, a general... No, but it, uh, it is very important to say. And I remember going actually to Sharjah back in 2002 and meeting the Arab artists, specifically, I think, Iraqi and Syrian artists who used to work, and some of them still do, out of the studios in the spaces. And I have to say, um, you know, since then, uh, the way in which things have changed in the West and in terms of funding and the fact that here, actually, there are a lot more opportunities for artists to come and make work, for things to be commissioned, for new work to happen, um, has been really generative. Uh, and I hope that people see spaces like ours and think, I can do that too, because, you know, we need more. Um, but we are working, you know, we are a transnational space. Uh, Dubai is a transnational city, right? We're kind of in uh, really well located. And um, for me, what's important is not just the geographical strategic importance, but the fact that we are always engaging back with mm. the history of what it means to be South Asian in the Gulf. And also acknowledge that that also didn't just happen yesterday. Right. That people from South Asia have been working across uh, the Middle East or the Arab world or whatever you'd like to call it mm. <laughs> um, for generations. Yes, of course. You know, yeah. And that these relationships are also very d- uh, deep and um, and in some ways, we have built each other's economies, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and I feel, I think those conversations don't happen enough, right? Yeah. So it's always, I think, where it becomes on a focus on uh, politics or class yeah. or so, and not, not about kind of, wait, what, are, what is the actual history? What, mm-hmm. what bene- you know, how has it impacted both sides yeah. and, and developed and grown. Yeah, and so this is not about creating a silo saying exactly we're drawing a line around yeah. South Asia. Absolutely not. It's always reflecting back on what it means to be located here yes, and, yes. and changing that. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I think this is a, a welcome space mm-hmm. if, with that um, mandate, right? To, Thank you. To, uh, to have these conversations and to generate uh, discussions and thinking and questions and and so yeah no i'm looking forward to what comes next uh and maybe like maybe we'll end with uh, your advice to aspiring curators you know it's really great to hear that you lived here you left and come back and you know you're an established curator and what 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 is what's your advice to someone living in dubai who aspires to be a curator work with, and this was advice that was given to me that's actually been really useful, is turn to your own generation first. Work with the content that you know and have an affinity and a relationship to to begin with. Um, I think through platforms like Instagram, for instance, um, the field of 
visual presentation is changing. Um, but there is still no replacement for being in a space with an actual object. And so I would say, do your research, uh, think about what will appeal to, um, I guess, the kind of audience it is that you're trying to reach. Develop conversations with artists, spend time with them in their studios, learn about how they make, why they make, um, who they're making for. Don't think about sales, don't think about the market. <laughs> uh, that has always been there, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, look for unconventional spaces in which to exhibit things. Um, it doesn't always have to be in the white cube space of a gallery. There are many other ways to bring exhibitions together. Uh, the art world, of course, is moving more towards live and performance. But again, there has to be a reason for doing what you're doing. So think thematically. Uh, think about the experience that a person who doesn't know this stuff will have when they're confronted with it for the first time. And above all, be, be generous. Be generous to the artists and be generous to your audience. That's great advice. So we'll just end with uh, how can people find Ishara? So you've got a website... So it's www.ishara.org. You can email us at info at ishara.org, or you can walk in through the doors at 83 Al-Sarkal Avenue, which is off 17th Street in Al-Quz in Dubai. And are you open every day of the week? Or? We're open six days a week. We're only closed on Fridays. Thank you so much, Nada. Uh, good luck with Ishara, and I look forward to coming back again. Thank you, Hind. And the next show, as I said, is going to be... Uh, mostly photographic, uh, but representations of South Asianness in relation to the city and architecture. Looking forward to it. Thank you for listening. The exhibition, Altered Inheritances, Home is a Foreign Place, is on until July 13th, and I strongly recommend you go see it if you are in or near Dubai. And for more discussions about art and culture, please follow Tea with Culture on Apple Podcasts, Google Play and SoundCloud, or any other podcast app you may be using. Please subscribe to us, like us, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow Tea with Culture on Twitter and Instagram. Till next time.